Welcome to the Greenhouse Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Perkins, and today I'm joined by Greenhouse team member, Sunday Marquardt. Well, thank you so much for having me again. I yeah. love these days. I love when we get to podcast together. These are fun days. Yes. And today we're talking about communication norms, <sighs> yeah. which we need to be careful not to have too much fun. Right. We, I feel like we could have a lot of fun with we this could. one. <laughs> we could. We have a few specific examples we want to cover. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about what we even mean by communication norms, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people hear this and don't even know what it means. Yeah, they have no idea what a communication norm is, except for maybe a guy they knew named Norm, (laughs) right? (laughs) Okay, so I feel like you're the perfect person to interview, though, because you... Because I look like a norm? (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) no, not at all. Because you started Greenhouse from the bottom, right? So you built this this company. So you brought people in and there had to be some sort of norms as you'll define them, right? But you also worked in big fortune 500 companies, right? right? Mm-hmm. Where somebody else created the norms for you. So I feel like it's really a great discussion today from your perspective, having experience where you you didn't get to create them versus no, 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 I'm going to do things differently and I get to create them. It's true. And I've Call this good or bad, but I've had experiences in lots of different types of companies, Mm -hmm. both as an employee, as a coach or consultant. And what I've noticed over time is you can tell right away. I don't want to just blanket statement, say if it's a good company or not. But if it's a company with great leadership or not, Mm -hmm. based on if people know these things, Mm -hmm. like right away, if no one can answer the question of what kind of norms do you have? Yeah. You know, it's never been talked about. (laughs) You know that there are zero norms. You know that there's probably lots of bad norms that are just like organically, accidentally happening. Yeah. Versus when you walk into a place and ask this and people kind of know some things to say or at least have some idea, Mm -hmm. it means, hey, they've put intentionality around their culture. Great point. So what if I asked you first, before we have some examples, just so that people aren't wondering if they've never heard this term before, could you just kind of tell people what are communication norms? Define that for us. Yeah, sure. And again, this is something that you can tell if if people have had any amount of training around this, there's a confidence in that. Like, yeah, we know how we do things here mm-hmm. versus... I don't know, we just show up and fumble our way through a bunch of meetings and emails. (laughs) There hasn't been any thought to how we work together. Mm -hmm. And so the way I like to define norms in general is how we do what we do. Mm. Norms are simply how we do what we do. And communication norms is kind of a subset of that Mm -hmm. that's related to the thing we do most frequently at work, Mm -hmm. communicate. Yeah. It's kind of the core to the day, isn't it? It is. It's kind of all we do Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, for a lot of jobs, especially knowledge jobs. And I think something we nerd out about around Greenhouse is the fact that jobs in our, you know, niche of the world are becoming more and more knowledge jobs. Mm. And it's a different type of work that Mm -hmm. doesn't have much definition. And so I think we never stop to define that. And Mm -hmm. so people Mm -hmm. are confused about, I don't know what my role is. I don't have clarity about what I'm supposed to do. I don't Mm -hmm. know how we do things here. And it's because like this factory system that used to exist even just one generation ago, it was very clear what you did and how you did it. Yes. There was no question Mm -hmm. because it had to physically be in place Mm -hmm. to to do what they did. And now we have these knowledge jobs where it's very squishy, but Mm -hmm. no one stopped to say like, ooh, we probably need to define how work flows Mm -hmm. in a knowledge type of economy. So I just want to call that out to say, you know, this is a really, really important topic. Mm -hmm. People are often either confused when they don't have 
clarity around this topic or a lot of excitement and passion when they do have clarity around this topic. Mm -hmm. And we don't really know why. And I think it's because this is something that knowledge jobs especially really need, Mm -hmm. but it never was made like a mandatory part of figuring out your job, figuring out your team workflow, figuring out how a company runs. Mm -hmm. So going back to your first question, that's why companies who really define this and train people on it when they first join and talk about it regularly see so much more success and so much higher engagement and better reputation because this thing that's you know missing in so many places and people go to work and feel the need for it but they don't really know how mm-hmm. to vocalize it so yeah i think it it makes people feel less muddy if i may use the word it's like we bump into too many things and communication should not be the thing we're bumping into correct So let me just ask you an example and feel free to kind of jump in here with whatever one you want to go with. Have you ever been a part of a team where you just felt like there was no norms at all, communication norms? Or have you been a part of a team where there was a communication norm in which was like, why is this a communication norm? (laughs) Yes. Anything like that? Uh, Yes. So I'm thinking about a few examples of norms that I really didn't like. Mm that really drove me crazy (laughs) that again were I think accidental no one said okay here's the code this is how we're gonna do things yeah it's just like kind of happened because there was no intentionality one of them that drives me crazy have you ever had a team where there's constantly every day these massive emails you get Mm -hmm. and they take you five to ten minutes to read or at least it feels like Mm -hmm. and then if you're like me you kind of put it off because you know oh it's just going to be very mentally emotionally draining to even read through this email let alone act on it or figure out what i'm supposed to do do (laughs) so you get these huge emails and they come through all day meanwhile you've also got all these meetings Mm -hmm. and there are emails around stuff that you feel like you could have a two-minute conversation right Mm -hmm. if we just came over to your desk or hopped on the phone we Mm -hmm. could figure this out really quick yes but instead i have to like (laughs) build my whole day around reading your email (laughs) and then sometimes what actually ends up happening is you pick up the phone anyway right so a lot of wasted time right right? and some companies especially big corporate america culture is a lot of yeah we don't use the phone it doesn't even exist and so (laughs) we probably spend 10 times as much time on things just because we're emailing it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can misread stuff in an email. Mm-hmm. And so people read into things and create all this baggage and tension between yeah. each other when mm-hmm. it wasn't, there didn't need to be any of that. None. It's just because I was reading <laughs> into your words and like putting anger into your sentence when yeah, it didn't when exist. when it didn't exist, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's an example. Do you also remember just kind of bumbling your way through on Teams too? We're feeling like, how? what is really the, the, what am I doing? Like, what is the norm? And then I've been reprimanded before too, where I've done something and someone said, well, that's not how we do things. And I'm like, well, thank you for telling me after yeah. words instead of proactively. <laughs> uh-huh. Do you remember a specific example of kind of an annoying... Oh, I just remember when I was working in the music industry specifically, that there was very specific times of the day that they communicated something. And no one ever told me that the mornings were designated for something very specific about this and Ah. that interrupting somebody about... The, other than the afternoon was completely I mean it was literally like here comes the gun I'm yeah. going to shoot you down <laughs> but nobody ever took the time to mention that to me so I bumped into that and I remember yeah. feeling like oh gosh that was an uncomfortable moment yeah. that could have been avoided if you had just kind of let me know that this was our norm that in the morning it's this and in the afternoon it's this you're so right and then the, that little annoyingness or that little sting that's with you 
especially for some people, can really yeah. kind of churn inside and sit there a long time. So you add up even just 10 of those a day. Yeah. Which think about, you know, a normal work day with a bigger team, especially. There's like mm-hmm. a thousand interactions in a day. Even just 10 of those, how much dysfunction <laughs> that yes. creates, how much that slows down productivity, how much that eats mm-hmm. away at just enjoying your work. Yeah. Here's another one for me. Competing modes. We've talked about this before, mm. but you walk into a meeting. Let's say there's five people. Three of the people, their personality always views the meeting as we are trying to make a decision here. Mm -hmm. There is a right decision and a wrong decision, (laughs) and we are making it. (laughs) Right. Meanwhile, the other two people came into the room thinking, oh, this is so fun. It's like a brainstorm. We're all going to like share ideas. And no one's even aware that that's what they're thinking, but that's their natural lens. And so you get in the meeting and it starts. And the brainstormers and the decision makers are just butting. They're at conflict with one another. Right. Right. So how could they have fixed that? Oh, that's a whole podcast. That's a whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or how about this one? You know, like right. the calendar is typically set up in hour blocks. Right. Okay, great. And so mm-hmm. if we're a calendaring company, we just naturally block an hour because that's the right. easiest chunk to block. Yeah. So now my day has six one hour meetings. Yeah. And probably half of them could be done in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. That so, really bugs me. So I've felt that many times uh-huh. before. <laughs> And my feeling has been, okay, we're looking around the room at each other like we're good, but because it's calendared, we're going to keep going when really someone (laughs) just needs to call it. So a team norm in that moment or in those kind of scenarios Uh could be when we feel it's done, call it. Yeah. Instead, we just kind of like fill the time just just (laughs) because. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about norms being how we do what we do. Yeah. But I think to go a little deeper on that, and this is... This is, I think, some of your words, Sunday, that you shared in front of uh, speaking to an audience before. That it's also a set of agreements for how members of a team will work together. Mm, yes. And so that can come in kind of a couple different categories. We've talked about workflow-related mm-hmm. norms, mm-hmm. but there can also be interpersonal-related communication norms. And, I mean, I think we can dive into some of both. Okay. But it's the agreed-upon behaviors that allow the team to increase their performance together, mm-hmm. to have healthy debate and to really have clarity around their purpose and their individual roles. Love it. The clarity part is just standing out to me. Just let's be clear. Let's be clear about how you want me to communicate. Love it. So why don't you give us some examples today of those two categories? Okay. Well, the first one, there's there's five we'll kind of dive into, and then maybe we'll give some more random rapid-fire examples. You bet. (laughs) But um, the first one is mention the mode. And so I actually was just alluding to this a minute ago, but mentioning the mode just means, are we here to make a decision? Are we here to brainstorm? Okay. Or, or for some other reason, maybe. Mm-hmm. But as we talked about in a previous episode about communication styles, if you really to kind of just boil it down, introverts and extroverts mm-hmm. can also have different styles coming to the table. And so mentioning the mode or mentioning what kind of conversation we're having can just really make it so much easier and avoid a lot of pitfalls. How do you suggest they mention it? Is it happen can it happen in the moment? Does it happen in an email? Or does it is it is the answer yes and yes? <laughs> That's a good question. I think, you know, we train teams on how to do this as a as a group, but even just individually, even in your personal life, it can sound like this cheesy force thing, right? Oh, mention the mode. (laughs) No, no, I'm not going to do that. But it can be just so simple. Like, all right, hey, Sunday. So I just wanted to 
touch base with you and just make a decision on this thing. Mm -hmm. So I have a few thoughts and then I'm hoping we can make a decision about this. Great. Or, hey, I know you kind of need to process typically through this. I'm going to like throw some ideas at you and then take some time to process and we'll Mm -hmm. come back together. Love it. It doesn't have to be awkward. You're just naming it so that we can be on the same page about what we're here to do. To me, that's feeling a little bit like urgency, too. Like sometimes I don't know where your head is, right? You have a million other things going around you other than the buckets that I'm working on. So when we get together and the urgency is I need to make a decision about something, there's that communication that would be good to know going in. It makes me walk into a room a little less casual, a little bit more focused and on top of it because you need something now. Yeah, that's great. And with a team... Oh, this becomes worth a million bucks mm-hmm. because you walk in the room and say, all right, we need to really just brainstorm today. Mm-hmm. So I know, and especially if you've talked about this openly as a team, you know mm-hmm. the people, right? You can even say, okay, Sunday, I know you're going to want to like nail down a decision. Mm-hmm. Just like hold off on that a bit because right now we just got to get a bunch of ideas out on the table. Now we all know what we're doing, but it also freed you up to not feel tension the whole time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. Like You know, okay. Whew. I can just take it easy and I'm not expected to make Mm -hmm. a decision or I don't need to get frustrated when it's not coming to a decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. All right. So mention the mood. That is fantastic. As opposed to mention the mood. The mood. You could mention (laughs) the mood. It might get awkward then. That's when HR should get called in. Okay. So I think the next one is something about the channels of communication. Let me ask you a little bit about that. Okay, channels of communication. This one is a bit, um, is very tactical, Mm -hmm. but as you and I know, can save a lot of headache, especially from that first annoying norm we talked about with the long emails and meetings. So at Greenhouse, there's a way that we do this where we just define what, how do we want to use different communication channels? And for us, it's kind of like this hierarchy. Mm-hmm. So the first priority is I want you to talk to me or send me a Vox. We use an app called Voxer, mm-hmm. kind of like a walkie-talkie. I want you to call me or Vox me because mm-hmm. that's the most efficient. That's the the channel that there's the least breakdown because I can mm-hmm. hear your voice inflection and we don't misread each other. Mm-hmm. I can ask questions and clarify. So priority number one, if possible, let's talk kind of in person, mm-hmm. right? Then you move down the hierarchy. If that's not possible or doesn't, make sense then text or maybe some teams use slack you know do like a text message and then if it's something that but those two are very different so that actually can be uh, i've had people say are they expecting me to text or are they expecting me to slack so since they are two different channels people actually you might say that flippantly like just text or slack (laughs) and person a type a person is walking away saying did they mean text Wait, or which slack? one? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's so good. Yeah. So see, there's a perfect example, right? Yeah. I don't tend to communicate with tons of detail. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that there's a breakdown right, right there. there. I didn't right. even know it, you know? <laughs> okay. So yeah, some for us, it's just a text message, something that's kind of a written short version. But there's scenarios where you need to maybe attach a document. You need to have many bullet points. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, it doesn't make sense in a text. Right. So then use email. Mm-hmm. But see, already now I've added two mm-hmm. layers before mm-hmm. emailing. So instead of reading emails all day, I mean, I've literally had jobs where I get 100 emails a day mm-hmm. and could never get my actual work done. Right. <laughs> you know those scenarios. Ugh. It's like 
late at night. I think it's problem 101 with most people who I yeah. coach on prioritization. They're, oh, yeah. e- they're just checking their emails all day and not getting the work done. So you do it at night yeah. or the weekend. Yeah. Or it doesn't get done. Yep. So so now I've eliminated probably 80 to 90% of mm-hmm. that email because we can just have quick conversations. We can you know use different apps or channels mm-hmm. we have to kind of get it done more efficiently. Yeah, so I just want to call out one thing there because you were actually in a live session that I was working with with a group and I was working specifically with this legal team where there's all so many different kind of communication methods. And I just thought it was so interesting when we had someone raise their hand and say, so I would like a team norm to be, a communication norm to be, when the day is over and I am off and I am on... Like work is over. What is the number one place you want me to check if you actually really need me? (laughs) I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, what a great question. Because they're like, do I check my email? Do I check? I might. Oh, they might have left a message. Oh, do I check? Oh, maybe my text. And then really. So picking the one emergency place, like when work is over or you're on vacation, I think is also a really great communication norm. Such a good norm. Or some teams or individuals have done kind of a personal policy or a team policy of like, those apps, you know, let's call it like Slack, Voxer, mm-hmm. and Asana. Like those mm-hmm. are all turned off mm-hmm. after the workday. Right. Mm-hmm. But these kind of things, it just creates common awareness. It can make our lives so much easier. Yeah. And just know that it's never going to be perfect. This is not no. you know, a machine. Mm-hmm. These are human beings. We mm-hmm. all have our issues and our complexities. And then groups of people, mm-hmm. groups of humans exponentially increase the number of problems and complexities so it's just it's gonna be messy it Mm -hmm. will always be messy Mm -hmm. but i think what we can attest to is if you at least talk about it Mm -hmm. then it can be significantly Mm -hmm. better and easier absolutely all right i'm gonna move you on to this one i love this one okay Uh, so tell us a little bit about our team norm called gut card gut card okay i can't take credit for this term i learned it from somebody else in a previous job, but I loved it. And it stuck with me. And it was one of the first norms I created for greenhouse because the gut card means when you're starting to feel tension about something, especially in like a team meeting, Mm -hmm. you can throw your gut card. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm kind of like making a motion, like I'm throwing a, (laughs) a playing card on the table. Yes. And the idea is it's a signal that we all know that says, okay, hold on, I have an issue or I have something I need to get off my chest. And you all know what that means so you can kind of acknowledge me and give me the space to share that. Mm -hmm. And what I love about it is um, it's kind of pre-decided. Like we all know what the term gut card means Mm because we've talked about our norms. Right. And so now when I play it, I don't have to worry about like, okay, am I going to offend anyone? How do I butt into the Mm -hmm. conversation? Should I say this? Should I not say this? Oh my gosh, this is going to come back to bite me. Like it's established. It's like when you, we, when someone calls gut card, we all stop. And so I love it too, because I don't have to overthink it. And it just means, whoa, something's not resonating with me. So it's a signal to all of us. It says, just stop for a minute. We're rambling over someone's thoughts. Right. Cause so many issues in not just organizational life, but in our personal lives are because of these things that, sit inside and Mm -hmm. they boil and Mm -hmm. boil and they spin and churn Mm -hmm. and grow bitterness in us and it becomes Mm -hmm. a big issue and something so small can become so big Mm 
mm-hmm. when it didn't need to be. And so I feel like the mm-hmm. gut card is one of those tools that helps mm-hmm. kind of diffuse it early on yeah. before it becomes big. Mm-hmm. Again, this you can't prevent them all, but it, this yeah. helps. It's big. And we lose good people in a company sometimes over small things like this because they feel overlooked and they leave. So they right. look for a different team or a different company. And we really needed them on our team, but we lost them over something like that. Right. Yeah. So it'd probably be helpful to give us an example. Yeah, I'll give a quick example. Okay. I thought this was really, a, I was fairly new to the team when I joined Greenhouse and it was a Tuesday planning day. So we all come together on Tuesday and Tuesdays are like a heavy lifting day because Mondays is a lot of our brainstorming deep work day. So we had this one particular person on our team who it was video. And I think a bunch of us just had a questions for him. He's like our one video guy. And it was like, Steve was like, I need some time today to talk to you about this. And Jacqueline was like, and then I was in Genevieve. It was like, and all, and all of a sudden he just did the whole like gut card and he threw it out there and we all paused and he goes, I feel like no one has asked me already what I have on my table today. Oh, that was so good. I remember that. Like, you could literally feel the room getting louder and the energy building, but yeah. it was all requests coming at him. Yeah. And he's like, wait, first, first ask me what is priority for me today too. And so that I can slot you in. We all had a nice laugh too, but the truth is it broke completely the tension and it did exactly what the gut card was intended to do. Ah, I remember that, and you're so right. And again, it gave him the freedom to do that mm-hmm. in a way that wasn't going to backfire. Right. On because we all knew he has permission to use that card. And it's not like, I think if, if people are in the moment debating, should I say something or not? And of course, it's a rare occasion that they do. But if they do, mm-hmm. then everyone's on the defensive. Yes. It's like, oh, now you're offending me, or I'm. Whereas the gut card kind of created this little buffer in between his comment and my defensiveness. Yes. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. He, he needs this. An abrupt shift in the room. Yeah. And we were all okay with it. Gut card yeah, is powerful. It. So yeah. kudos to um, whoever came up with that. I don't, know, I don't know where it originated. <laughs> I love it, though. I love it. All right. I'm going to move you on to something that our team calls uh, code words. Tell me a little bit about that, Norm. Yeah. So code words come up in coaching all the time. Or if you've ever experienced any kind of counseling therapy, like this is also something that can be used as a tool. Mm-hmm. But code words just mean <clears throat> we've predetermined a word that kind of signals a behavior or a shift. So gut card is an example of a code word. Mm-hmm. We all know what it means. It's been established beforehand, so we can use it in the moment mm-hmm. without problems. So an, an example of another code word I really like is I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. A little context here. A lot of teams want to work together as a team and collaborate. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you always hear this. Like, what you do you do. guys want to be better at? Collaboration. Oh, yeah. What do you value as a company? Collaboration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you look inside the organization, and they're all competing against each <laughs> yes. other and trying to one-up and prove, right? Cause yes. this, and many times because the system is built that way, mm-hmm. let's be honest. But if we're truly trying to collaborate, there are going to be many times where we're stuck. Mm-hmm. And so it's just another way of saying like, hey, Sunday, I'm stuck. And then, you know, if you have time in the moment, you can kind of like help me get unstuck. And how it typically plays out is sometimes I'm kind of like stuck seeing something in one perspective or I just need fresh perspective or I need to like bounce something off someone and get their feedback. Mm -hmm. And just by verbalizing it to another human being, Mm -hmm. it can get solved instantly. Yeah. Yeah. When if I stay stuck myself, it could take days, sometimes weeks Mm -hmm. to to work my way out. Yeah. So sometimes these code words are pre-decided 
And sometimes are they just, hey, <laughs> our team norm is if you need to blurt your own word to tell us where you're at, you have that permission and that's our norm. Could it be either way? That's a good question. What are your thoughts on that? I feel like it's, it, I feel like it could be either way. I think that you should maybe give the examples. Uh-huh. Like we have uh, some examples of the team. These are the top three words that I would say are code words. But in general, what you have as a communication norm on our team is permission to say, repeat that. I don't understand. It's like mm. permission uh-huh. to just uh, tell you where they're at. That's good. Yeah, so it could be predecided or some in the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, especially because if you have too long of a predecided list, they aren't effective anymore. Yeah, right. So they're looking right. up the email well, to find the list of the words. Welcome to greenhouse. Here's our uh, 36 code words. Please only use them right. when they're appropriate. When they're appropriate. Now here's and then, our here's and then you our call communication out the, the wrong one, And they're like, that was the wrong place for that word. Um, yeah. A check mark has been added to your name because you inappropriately used a code word in the wrong channel during the wrong meeting. Mode. That is right. Right. That's so funny. Please leave and never return. <laughs> we should do an experiment sometime like that. Like go into a company and try to. Uh, try to facilitate it that way to we see should. what happens. Yes. That'd be a good <laughs> way to, ask us to leave. <laughs> we always talk about how these kind of things can be deemed like the soft, squishy stuff. Mm-hmm. And it drives yeah. me crazy because it's actually the stuff that really matters for yeah. bottom line results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we should that would be a great way to prove it, right? It's yeah. hard to get metrics on this stuff. It is. But we, we run a fake company mm-hmm. <laughs> experiment yeah. where, the, where the norms are just terrible. Yeah. And then like see what happens. See what happens, right? This is a good TV show. Oh, God. All right. I'm going to get you back on track. Are you good? Okay. Okay. Last one. Don't we have one more? We do. (laughs) Okay. So why don't you talk to us about the last one, which is planned rhythms? Yeah. So just like we were were saying a second ago, you can have some things that are pre-decided, some that are in the moment. Sure. So every team should have pre-decided planned rhythms. These are daily, weekly, monthly, yearly practices or Mm -hmm. habits as a group. Some people call them ceremonies. Some people just call them meetings and they're Mm -hmm. like recurring meetings. I don't care what you call them, but some kind of planned rhythm that makes sure that you communicate well. Mm -hmm. So if it's something really important, it shouldn't just happen, hopefully, you know, if we happen to remember, (laughs) if we happen to have a good week or not, it should be planned. And so I think this is pretty typical for Mm -hmm. most teams however a lot of teams don't think about it well Mm -hmm. so one of the ones we always recommend to teams and and really help them design is a weekly planning rhythm Mm -hmm. we call ours weekly sprint planning there's different terminology but it's basically a time on the calendar every week we know it's a priority where we all show up and we plan the work for the following week together So for us, there's a number of things that happen in that time. Mm -hmm. We celebrate wins that week. Mm -hmm. We talk about how was our week, you know, Mm -hmm. for each person. Uh, We talk about things we learned. We talk about priorities for the next week and set those and kind Mm -hmm. of give each other feedback. Um, We even do things in that time around um, tracking certain metrics or, hey, there's this thing that came up. I just need to get input from everybody. So Mm -hmm. it's just this planned time where we know okay, I can save all those questions for then and it's going to happen. And I know we're going to get more into that in part two, right? It's so interesting. I was listening to you and you know we have some examples, right? A lot of we make fun of and jokes a little bit about the larger organizations. But do you know, I think a lot of unhealthy 
communication norms exist sometimes in the smaller companies because their mindset is, oh, we're small. We don't need, we just, just talk to me when you need, just boom, boom. And then it becomes a muddy mess. So I think it's important to remember for those small teams out there, how important that we are a pretty mighty but small team. And we, I love our, our rhythms and knowing what's expected. So sometimes people can do things like just, well, hey, Joe, do you have a minute? And he really didn't have a minute. And because there's no, <laughs> you know, yes. there's no way of signaling that to each other, we can be much more frustrated than we need to be. Yeah, there's something really almost obvious yet powerful about plan times when we're going to communicate about things. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it's That's really it. that it's simple. It's that simple. Yep. And, you know, sometimes in big companies, you can get too many layers of this. Yep. So maybe they're good at doing it mm-hmm. on the contrary of the small business, but there's too many layers. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you need to simplify and say, this is the one core time we do this. Mm-hmm. This is another core time we do that. Mm-hmm. So these are the five communication norms we wanted to share today. So anyone listening, you can steal these, you know, you can use them or just Mm -hmm. be inspired and come up with other ideas. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it just helps to get practical examples when there's a topic this broad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I really enjoyed it today, hearing it from your perspective, since you've come from both sides. There has to be a part two. Is there a part two? Because I think there's going to be a lot of people out there wondering how. I think we get, it's just like when we read a good book and we get inspired. I think people are feeling like, that's a great idea. But how do I do it? So tell me a little bit about that. What's next? It's a good point. And funny enough, that is kind of one of our norms. We don't just want to inspire or talk about Mm -hmm. cool topics, but we really want to talk about the how and how do you turn it into action. So on the next part two of communication norms, we will dive into how do you develop these as a team? And like we said, obviously these could be implemented personally or mm-hmm. in your family life or anywhere, but but the, the place that we work on this the most and see the most benefit right away is developing them as a team that you mm-hmm. work with. Love it. Well, I look forward to that. It was a pleasure. I loved our time together and thanks for sharing those communication norms with us. 